In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way, God bless you, across the the pond, (laughs) is the most famous, most haunted Ghostbinder General himself, Mr. Richard Felix. Good evening. What the hell? I think I've got hay fever. Yeah, I'm back. I'm all the way back from Bonnie, Scotland. Oh, dear, oh, dear. What a time. And I've got hay fever as well. Oh, I mean, that was pretty good. You were up in Scotland, and I was uh, chasing lighthouses up and down the East Coast. So we've had some good adventures. Absolutely. I had a fantastic time. Wonderful week with 50 Americans. Oh, from all over the world. Sorry, that's not true. That's not true. There was a lady from Australia. There were two ladies, at least two ladies, possibly more, from Canada. Uh, and the rest, Americans from God, all, all, over the, all over the country. Uh, I had a ball. I really did. Um, they were great. And um, we didn't, I don't know whether we found any ghosts or not. No. Not sure. They got a lot of stories. Yeah. Uh, I had a couple of um, uh, first night footsteps footsteps in the bedroom um nobody knows it could have been the night porter couldn't it no i don't mean coming in my bedroom but i mean <laughs> you, you know how noise ca- you know how noise carries about three o'clock in the morning so three times though it happened three times i sat up and actually thought is this it is this it where's my camera um that's how real it seemed to be um and the amazing thing was as i left the, the, the place the next morning, uh, the guys told me that, uh, that that's the uh, the people that run the hotel, that they put me in that room on purpose because the part that I was in, uh, which had got a, an old four-poster bed in it, uh, had been a secret room where a child had been uh, kept locked Ooh. away because there was something wrong with the child. Wow. And they broke into it about, they broke into the room about seven years ago when they were extending the hotel and found an old bed in there and toys all over the place. Now, how about, they didn't tell me, didn't tell me anything about it until I was leaving. Uh, so I don't know. All I heard, all I heard was footsteps, but, uh, and I'm not saying they were, you know, child's footsteps because I don't think they were, but, uh, interesting, I think is the word to use. So, uh, yeah, I had a good time. Really did. So, so actually, we have a, a good show today. We have a, a good friend of both you and myself, and he is none other than Mr. Gettysburg himself, Mr. Mark wow. Nazareth. 
Mark, oh, you there? Good. We need. We can. Mark, Mark, Mark. Yes, Ron. Oh, there we go. What hey, happened how are you? Hi, Richard. Hello. How are you? Just fine. And long time no speak. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been uh, a while. I know. I need to. I need to come out and see you. You, you know, I, I, as soon as I got you on here, I mean, you know, I, I knew I was having you on the show today, but then I got these emails and stuff. Did you hear about this general's leg from the Battle of Gettysburg? It's it's making a tour of the country. Uh, no. <laughs> Is this a, did, you say, uh, did you say general's leg? General's leg. As you know, there were a lot of uh, amputees. Well, you know that, Mike, more than anyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of amputees, and, and according to well, according to this article, uh, this general's legs, who they were able to recover, uh, has been making the tour of the country. And not on its own, you know. I mean, people have been carrying it. Do you have around. a name? What general was it? Was it General? I, I'm going to go dig this up now. So uh, let me uh, let me get into that. Let me get one of these pages and see what I can do to get it. Because uh, if it's Sickles' leg, that's a good story. I that's mean, it. You know, that, it is yeah. Sickles' leg. Yes, oh, it is, Mark. Okay. See, I right. told yeah. you, they don't call him. I want to know more about nothing. this. <laughs> well, very, very briefly, historically, what happened is that Sickles was a was the commander of the 3rd Army Corps for the Union Army, and uh, he kind of made a blunder at Gettysburg in pushing his, his entire corps out towards the enemy in a kind of an untenable position. And uh, as they're being driven back by Longstreet's Confederates, a Confederate shell comes flying in, hits him in the leg, and basically shatters his leg, kills his horse, and destroys his leg. So they take him, they're carrying him off the battlefield, and they amputate his leg because that's all they could do. And they said they realized it was a general's leg, and they didn't know what to do with it, you know, because it's not just, you know, don't throw it in a pile. So they said, General Sickles, what do you want us to do with your leg? And he said, pickle it. <laughs> he said, pickle it? He says, yeah, I want to preserve it, and I want to keep it. And so eventually it wound up in one of the museums in Washington, D.C., and it is, it is a true, and he used to take his friends down to the museum and show him his souvenir of the Battle of Gettysburg, his own amputated leg. So oh, Sickles, Sickles is quite a character, and uh, so that's that's why that's you know the I mean there, there are hundreds and thousands of arms and legs amputated in the Battle of Gettysburg. Right. When they're going to mm -hmm. put one on display and take it around the country, it could only be one. And that sickles. <laughs> isn't, isn't that amazing? See, I knew you would know about it. That's why I've been dying to hear more about it all day long. Yeah, that's great. That's very well. What a what a promo piece, huh? <laughs> but but isn't, isn't tell it, me, Ron, what what's what's happening? Is it? I mean, when you say tour in the country, it's on tour. Uh, you well, know, going got its own rock band. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no. What, what are they doing? Taking it to various museums and putting it on show or something? Or yeah, on display. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, what's the difference than taking the the mummy of two time comet? I mean, it's not still a dead body or whatever. Or the or the oh, uh, skeleton of the of the uh, elephant man. I mean, you know, when you think about no. it, no, there's nothing different. It's fascinating. But I mean, who owns it? Pickle, I think. <laughs> well, and he did own it. <laughs> I think he gave it to the museum. Yeah. I say, yeah. I mean, I'm not joking apart, Mark. This, this it, that should be in Gettysburg somewhere, shouldn't it? Yeah. Among other things, I've always thought there are several things that should be 
returned to Gettysburg like uh, General Armistead's sword. You know, Armistead was the uh, <gasps> better officer that led Pickett's charge and actually broke through the I wall there. Yes. Yeah, I always thought he, that should yeah. be there, but that's down in the uh, in uh, the uh, uh, Museum of the Confederacy down in Richmond, Virginia. But uh, oh, well, yeah, yeah. Maybe Sickles Lake should be bat returned to Gettysburg. You know, that would be a good place for it. You know what's funny, though, so. guys, and I, I want to ask you both this. I mean, when, yes. when I first said that you were saying his leg, and you thought it sounded so horrifying, but when you think about it, I mean, there are tons of skulls of humans out there everywhere. There are, you know, this and that and, and everything else. But if we mention, like, a leg of somebody, which is probably, you know, not all that important when you consider it um, versus a skull, uh, yet we have that we cringe a little. Why do you think it is? Who's first? You go first, Mark. Well, you know, I I know I've seen photographs of it, and it's really not that. It's not a whole leg. It's just the you know the the bone of the leg. So it didn't really, you know, uh, mm. make make me want to throw up or anything. So the uniform's still not on it, then, huh? <laughs> no, no. It's just. But apparently, the cannonball that that struck him is is there too, or a replica of the cannonball. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, uh, the the leg is just bone now, but you can see where obviously something hit it and just shattered it. But um, but you know they had just remember they also had for a while touring the country, the uh, mummified corpse allegedly of John Wilkes Booth. That's true. They, yeah. They claim, remember they claimed that he uh, survived yep. Uh, yep. The, the Garrett Barn fire and uh, and then died many many years later, actually in the 20th century, and then uh, his body was was apparently mummified and they you know like pt barnum you know they showed it around for 50 cents or whatever you can go in and see john wilkes booth's body so whether it was his or not we still don't know so, so what do you think uh richard what do i think i, I don't think well it's so funny that that you the that this should come up today because while i was in scotland this was on saturday uh, mm-hmm. before i came back i went um because obviously this was a ghosty ghouly whatever toy you want to call it and i took some guys into the surge the um let me, it's called the surgeon's hall in in uh, edinburgh in scotland uh to see the what was supposed the, the skeleton of the have you, have you heard of two guys called burke and Hare? Oh, uh, they were famous Body snatchers. Great story um, behind that. Yeah, you know all about this. Well, apparently Burke's skeleton was supposed to be still on display in um, Surgeon's Hall, mm-hmm. uh, along with um, a book that was was his skin was tanned was, was right. tanned after he he was executed and dissected. And there's a book there. The book was there, but unfortunately the skeleton's been moved. It's not there. Much to the dismay of most of the guys that I took with me, of course, mm. on the on the tour. Uh, but the amazing thing was that they they've got in there items like you were just saying: skulls, bones, leg legs, hands, arms. Oh my God, brains uh, of soldiers. Uh, that were wounded um, in, at the Battle of Waterloo, in the Crimean War, um, in, in some battles in, in Spain, all brought back and displayed in these. They've still got the uh, some of them have got the, the musket balls still lodged in in the the tibia, the fibia, uh, various parts of the you know the bones. I've never seen anything quite like it in, in my life. It was absolutely fascinating, and a skull um, of a Highland soldier mm-hmm. that was killed during the Battle of Culloden with Bonnie Prince Charlie and all of that. And you can see the the entry, the hole where it went in at the front of his skull, and the huge hole at the back where the musket ball came out again. Um, all displayed. 
And, and I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm in, you know, I like that sort of thing, and I'm, I'm into battles. And, but I, I have to say that when walking around, I did feel slightly queasy <laughs> about it. Um, but personally, I think it's fabulous. Hence the fact I'm talking about it. And, and, you know, to actually see something that belonged to someone that was at the battle <laughs> yeah. is, is, you know, I think fascinating. Nearly as good as seeing the ghost. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but anyway, anyways, the two guys that, that uh, Richard is talking about, they were, well, they were, most people think of them as grave robbers, but they really weren't. Yeah. Basically, they, they would, the universities would buy cadavers uh, for classes, and then when they, they cut down on the execution laws, there were less people being executed, so people were starting to rob graves. Well, these two gentlemen decided to cut out the middleman, and they just started <laughs> whacking people and selling their bodies. But the interesting That's fact right. about it, at, at the very end, is when they were convicted, uh, their bodies was given to the university, and that hence the skeleton supposedly was there in the skin mm. and so forth. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty Absolutely weird. fascinating story, it really is. They killed, they murdered 16 people. Yep. Mm. Uh, oh, my. Uh, prostitutes, all sorts of things, uh, and sold them to, you know, the doctors who were quite, knew, knew what had happened. Oh, they didn't care. But were quite, were, were hungry, hungry like, for, for bodies, basically. It's like that, you know, it's like the army, don't ask, don't tell, or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they would, qual they would qualify right. as serial killers. I mean, you know, 16 They were. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're absolutely right, Mark. They were indeed, sir. And the amazing thing, one, you know this one, but only one of them was executed. Right. Oh, really? The other one, the other one, uh, Hare, turned King's evidence. In other words, spilled the beans about his uh, mate. Oh, boy. And got off with his life. Got off with yeah. his life. It's actually in my book, uh, Ghost of the Day, uh, that story. Really? It's, 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 it's a small piece, but it's in there. So, yeah, Mark, I mean, I, I thought that was so apropos, though. I mean, the General's League is now making the rounds around the country. I heard Very he tried to get it back, but he didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, I'm sorry for that. Not really. <laughs> so, so, Mark, I understand that you have something really cool coming up, because, I mean, most people think about battlefields, they think about Gettysburg, but we have a lot of battlefields and a lot of parts of our country that are really historic. So you have something interesting coming up, I understand. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Ron, we have um, we uh, uh, got together with uh, – have you ever met Ray Couch from Southern Ghosts? I might have, but, you know, I meet so many people, I just can't remember them all. I'm sorry. Yeah, really good guy. I mean, you know, he's real serious about the uh, the field, you know, and he did, you know, he'd be make sure everything's documented and everything. And yeah. we hooked up with him and uh, Southern Ghosts, which is his group, and we are um, going to be doing tours of Savannah. We have at least three different tours set up, Savannah, Georgia. And the, the one that we're doing uh, is going to be of the Savannah – uh, Roundhouse Museum, which is very, very interesting. You know, I really, really like doing uh, investigations and tours of of uh, uh, the railroad-related types of, uh, of, of of places because for many reasons. Um, number one, well, you know, you've been to the uh, uh, the engine house in Gettysburg. Oh yeah, awesome, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And um, the um, and, uh, Richard's been there too. We went. We took him out there, and it's amazing because, first of all, you have that incredible matrix of of steel that may or may not act as a as a uh, uh, a draw. You know, electromagnetics and everything mm -hmm. to the ghosts. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is you have 
very, very interesting stories associated with early travel. You know, you have the dedication of the railroad workers. You have the people who are going on, the passengers who are going on the, on the railroad, which, uh, you know, it's a very special thing for them. You know, like when we fly someplace, it's very exciting. And you also have the, the, the tragedies involved because, you know, a train wreck back in those days was, was like an airplane crash. Very, very tragic because many, many lives uh, were lost. Yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, the Savannah Roundhouse Museum is interesting also because it was built, many of the buildings were built in 1855, which was just predates the American Civil War, as you know. But it was yeah. built on one of the main battlefields of the American Revolution. The Battle of Savannah Ooh. was the second bloodiest battle uh, in the American Revolution. So you have a, a battlefield, and you have, like much like Gettysburg, you have a battlefield, then you have a ra- railroad roundhouse built on top of it. So we are really looking forward to it, and we're going to kind of kick off our our season with a with a couple special events, um, and we kind of we kind of broke this up into two different ways people can do this. One is uh, a weekend, an entire weekend. This is June third through the the fifth, um, and we are going to. Uh, uh, it's going to entail several places that we're going to investigate. We're going to investigate the Roundhouse uh, Railroad Museum. Uh, we're also going to check out the uh, Moon River Brewing Company. Ooh, which, I could go for that. Right, I was going to say, no, <laughs> it's, 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 and, and, and beer is not the only spirits that they have there, to, to make a little pun. But uh, we're going to be, we have permission to be in there till 5 in the morning. And uh, so that's going to be very, very Interesting, also, and uh, but that's a whole whole weekend that people can come to Savannah and enjoy and enjoy that. But we're also offering it kind of a la carte as well uh, on that same uh, weekend. That'll be uh, Friday, June third, uh, from uh, uh, eight p.m. till midnight. People can do the Roundhouse Railroad Museum, and then uh, on the next night. June 4th, they can do the Moon River Brewing Company uh, from uh, 11 till 5 in the morning. So we have a couple different price points there, um, and so people can do it. But I'm excited about it because we, Carol and I uh, did a pre- preliminary investigation uh, there, which we always do whenever we're going to, you know, we like to do a little hands-on stuff. And uh, the uh, the museum, the, the railroad uh, uh, museum, Roundhouse Museum, is really exciting. I mean, there's a lot of great stories coming out of there, and and stories that are um, repetitive. In other words, people keep hearing these large mm. metal, like a like a clanging, you know, like somebody's working on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ray Couch and his friend heard this. Uh, one of his guides heard this uh, noise, and as a matter of fact, uh, they looked all around to try and find out where it came from, and one of the workers, one of the people that actually works there, went over and uh, said, are you guys trying to move this train or something? Because that sounds just like one of those track movers, you know, that, that, oh. and they were like, no, we haven't touched a thing. So they heard the sound of one of these track switchers, and uh, nobody nobody touched anything. And um, some of the people who they've taken, whom they've taken through there have been on one of the one of the uh, cars. They have some restored cars. They're very beautiful. And all of a sudden, the, the car starts swaying. And this whole group felt it sway. And they thought somebody was trying to move the car. And two or three of them got out, and they looked around, and the car was not moving from the outside. 
So that's exciting. And then, of course, the Moon River Brewery has all kinds of stories of uh, uh, of uh, and these are these are my favorite. You know, the waitresses are walking. They go downstairs to to get some some food or whatever, and all of a sudden they hear their names whispered in their own ears. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, classic. I've heard that a number of times where people actually hear their their own name whispered to them, and uh, so and and we we toured that place too, and 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 much of it is. Uh, is original. Some of the doors and everything are original to pre-Civil War, back in the 17th century. So it's going to be an exciting weekend. I'm, uh, and of course, Savannah is is just a fabulous place in and of itself, uh, with the history there, and and of course the Civil War, the fact that that Sherman actually spared the the city, and thank God he did because it's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. Mm-hmm. Wow. I actually was down in um, Madison, Georgia, which isn't too, too far from that. Uh-huh. And uh, let's see, is, is it far? I don't know, whatever. Anyways, in Madison, they, they what they did is they took all their valuables and they put it out on the street. And they speared all uh, the houses in Madison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they, they wow. did kind of a negotiation thing with... Uh, Sherman also, you know, they basically went out and met him, surrendered the city because they knew he was burning everything from Atlanta on on the way south. And there are a couple of uh, uh, interesting things that happened in Savannah and in the area, uh, tragedies, you know, that that occurred. And uh, so I'm I'm excited about it. I, I can't wait to spend more time down there. Lane's going to be with us. You remember Lane Crosby? Mm-hmm. She'll be with us, and so we'll have a uh, uh, a medium that I I trust down yep, there. That's always that, important. Yep, to help us out, and then of course Ray, and and we'll have equipment for people to borrow. You know how I do my I bring my you know we do ghost hunting light <laughs> without you know we have these <laughs> expensive things. You know we just have things that people can get used to and very quickly uh, EMF meters and uh, quick read thermometers. And maybe the most popular items, you know, the pendulums and the uh, and the uh, dowsing rods. People love those things. They do. So it, I'm sorry. They do. They love absolutely love it. Uh, you it, know, it's it's, the it's low so funny. Stuff. It's so funny. It, exactly. It's not. Yeah. I mean, Richard, I don't. You know, yeah. the glass swirling and all that stuff. People oh, love that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we well, see. I tend to go. Being labelled as a historian, anyway, I, I tend to be so much more uh, interested in, in using, you know, the, the things that have to do with the mind and, and, and the spirit, I suppose. And, and you're absolutely, you know, glass swirling, table, talking, you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 crystals. Uh, I, I love it, and I, I think it, you are right. It actually blows people's minds more when those things start to move, when they're operating them themselves, much more so than when an EMF meter shows a reading. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 amazing, you know. But people do uh, respond to it. And of course, we uh, yeah. uh, Carol's pretty. I think her forte is that is the pendulum, you know, where she'll. Yeah. And, and I'll see her off in the corner somewhere with her back turned when when somebody's telling us stuff. And I and I know what she's doing. She's doing her own <laughs> miniature paranormal yeah. investigation. Um, yeah. But uh, people will stand there and they will literally hold their arm as still as they possibly can with Correct, a pendulum. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they'll ask a question and they'll start moving, you know. And uh, they can't understand how it works because they're trying their best not no. to not to move it, but it does. No. And, it, and, it, yeah, exactly. and it yields yeah. things, too. Actually, 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 it blows your mind. 
I actually have to tell you a funny story. Is, is we just got back from that that three day uh, lighthouse tour up and down the coast. In one of the lighthouses, they had some prizes and they they had a drawing and all the people that there. Uh, there was two prizes and one was one and there was one left and it was two tickets left. So they didn't, everybody had drawn and and, and they were still left. So I said I'll buy the tickets. So I bought the tickets and I put the two tickets down on the counter face down. And then I took the pendulum out and I went over one, is this a winner? And it said no. And then I went over the next one, is this a winner? And then I got a maybe, okay. So it wasn't a yes, but it was a maybe. So I'm back on the other one, no again, back on the other one, maybe. Hmm. So I did that three times and it was consistent. So I said, okay, I know that this is not a winner. And I flipped it over, and it was the loser. And I flipped over the other one, it was the winner. So it, it does wow. work. It's really weird. I mean, I didn't expect it to, you know, because I know you can influence the, the pendulum, but it was interesting. Well, and people, I told people just went, ooh. I think I told you the story about the uh, about Cecil Downing, who was a dowser from Pennsylvania and had, you know, literally discovered both six or 800 wells. And we went out to the um, uh, triangular field. And he was actually, you know, at Gettysburg, and he was actually doing kind of a, kind of an S shape, like a serpentine walk through the field, and you could see where he'd hit a certain spot. And now he used a type of dowsing rod that was split in the middle and would just point downward. That was his. It was made out of plastic, believe it or not. Really. And and periodically he'd be going along, you'd see it point down, point down, and he said, out in that field by that rock. There is like a radiation from that rock of ley lines. He said, I'm picking up the energy from them. He says, it's my theory that ghosts travel more easily along the ley lines because there's energy automatically in those ley lines. And they pick up on that energy and they can move. And that's why this field is so haunted. And it was amazing to see him work this field, you know. And once you get used to those, like like Richard said, it's very, very simple. You know, it's... It's, 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 you know, just basic stuff, and, and, uh, that's, and I think that's why it works for so much, for so many people. Yeah. The old ways. Yeah. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and they, they love it. They really do. I, I do also do it. I've taught myself, I've taught myself to do it all. I, as you know, guys, I'm, I'm not in the slightest bit psychic or no, you keep saying that. We, 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 all, we don't believe that anymore. Well, I think it's true. I just don't think. But I mean, I've taught I taught myself to do all of this, and I also use um, a, a fork stick, you know, a, um, a hazel piece of hazel wood or rowan tree uh, in the shape of a of a Y, with we you know with a bit pointed, which is the old original where you ten- tension it in your hands and off you. And I'll tell you something that that thr- people go bonkers when they see that, and it works just the same. You know, and, and that is like you say with the stick, with the piece of plastic, it points down right. uh, when you when you reach something like water or something else that you're looking for. Um, and if you hold on to it and keep hanging on, it'll it'll break your wrist. It's you know, Rich, next time I see you, you get a, you could definitely demonstrate that for me because that's one thing oh, I've oh. never never ever tried. Have you never seen it? Oh, I actually do it on stage with it. I actually get someone. I put a uh, I put two bowls on on the stage, one with water in and one without. <laughs> And, and cover them over so nobody knows. And then I just get a member of the public up there, mm-hmm. and, and I get, teach them how to do it. And usually, usually, I'm not saying always, usually it works for them. And they they just can't believe it. But it, it's wonderful. And that's, again, the old original ways that they used to do 
dousing um, with a piece of you know wood. But it's better with the old, the old, the old woods, old woods. It's sort of rowan and, and hazel and stuff like that um, works better. But again, it's I don't know. There's water in it, isn't the water? Yeah, right. we're going to have to take a break right now, Richard. Uh, Mark, can you hang okay, around okay. a little bit? Yeah, sure. Okay. So Great. you are listening to. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with a ghost dog, evidently. (laughs) (laughs) With Richard Felix, the ghost dog, Mark Nesbitt, and Ron Kolick. And we'll be right back after the following messages on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Woof, woof. (laughs) Welcome to TojiNet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous as we give awards to Family. Take 6,427. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolek, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, I'll have to get a new (laughs) co-host. I am brave beyond belief. Yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with the Ghost Finder General himself, Mr. Richard Felix, with Mr. Gettysburg, Mark Nesbitt, Ben Helsink, and the Ghost Star, Scooby-Doo. The dog. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Anyways, Rob, sorry. Mark, it must be, is it your dog? Yes, that's my dog. Oh, oh, I was hoping, I was hoping you were going to say no, and that we got a ghost dog. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, though, it's not so uh, far-fetched because Carol and I uh, have had a couple dogs here uh, who have who have passed on, and uh, a while ago we put a uh, uh, like a motion sensing light mm-hmm. in our like a night light in our hallway. And I'll be sitting there watching TV, and periodically, and I mean twice a night, the light will go on, and I'll look down the hall, and no one's there. Mm, We think it might be either Chessie, the one dog, or Lizzie, Uh, the other dog, getting up and walking around a little bit, and just making sure the house is all right. So, 
So, Mark, I mean, and, and I think Richard, too, I, I think the, the more you deal with the paranormal, I think the more experiences you do have with it, especially on the personal level. Do you agree or not? Absolutely, yeah. You know, when I first started this, uh, getting involved in the in the paranormal and collecting ghost stories and everything, this was back in 1970, and I was a park ranger at Gettysburg. And, you know, the things that happened to me, and, and, and they're undeniable. I mean, I know what happened. The things that happened to me in some of the historic buildings there were like, what you know, what is going on? Why is this? What, what just happened to me here? You know what I mean? Um, and uh, then something else would happen later on, and then something else would happen. I had probably, well, in the course of, uh, say, eight or ten years, I probably had uh, ten or twelve things that, that, you know, enough to enough to write a book, uh, ten or twelve chapters in the book. And um, But, you know, as far as actual personal experiences, I always say, well, I really... Yeah, I really haven't had that many. And then Carol keeps reminding me, don't forget, every time you do a, every time you do a, a, a an investigation, things happen, and and they do. They're unexplainable. I I certainly don't have an explanation for them, and uh, they they happen and they're undeniable. And uh, you know, so that's why that's why I write everything down now because you, so many things happen that you just can't remember all of them. So you have to make notes. I found some notes. Um, just the other day, of one of our uh, Ghost Quest weekends, and um, the, the, of a woman that had had an experience on it, actually had a a visual right by the side of her bed, and she woke up, and here's this guy standing there, and he vanished in front of her. So, you know, I'd forgotten about that. I mean, it's a visual. That's pretty. That's you know that's yeah. that's pretty big because there aren't that many of them, and um, so I I took those notes and I filed them. So and I still have you know stories from people and things that happened to us on our investigations. You know I've done I've just finished Ghost Seven. As a matter of fact, Ghost Ghost of Gettysburg Seven will be out wow. uh, for uh, Memorial Day, and um, I I have enough at least for Ghosts Eight. And possibly wow. Ghost of Gettysburg Nine, and that, you know, and and Richard, you know, those are those are just the stories about Gettysburg. You know, you have you collected yeah, stories from all over, and um, yeah, and and but uh, it's just amazing what happens and how many. I tell you what, I mean, the, the the thing that I say to so many people is is that I, I genuinely believe that the most underestimated haunted sites on the planet are battlefields. Underestimated for the simple well, reasons. I agree and, on that. Until, yeah. yeah. Until uh, you guys, I'll be honest with you, it was the Americans that started reenactment. Um, until you started reenacting, people just didn't. You know, the only people really that went on the battlefield was was the, the farmer. Um, mm-hmm. It's slightly different for obviously battles like Gettysburg because obviously the the town was the battlefield as well. Um, but, you know, most battlefields as such, um, you know, the farmer saw things very now and then, the guy walking his dog, uh, the the guy jogging, and, and the occasional pe- occasional person driving driving through the battlefield or something like that. Until all of a sudden, you know, reenactment came on the scene. Uh, people started visiting sites, staying there, coming for the anniversaries, the battles, uh, reenactments. And, and all of a sudden, it, it's just gone. It started to go mad. But people still, I think, even to this day, don't really seem to understand how haunted they are because they've got all the ingredients to make a haunting. 
Oh, yeah. From murders, murder, suicide, uh, um, gosh, crawling away, dying alone, n- not laid to rest, bodies not whole. Every mortal thing on the, on the planet, you know, is there, and yet still, still, nobody seems to understand how haunted they are, and, uh, apart from guys like you. Well, that's a good point, too, because I never, I never thought of it that way, but you're right, the reenacting uh, uh, hobby. Trigger object. Yeah, really just kind of started uh, probably 25 years ago. Um, yeah. And I do get a lot of stories from reenactors, and maybe, you know, you've, you, you've, you, of course, are familiar with the term enticement. You know, you're trying to entice the ghosts yeah. to, to uh, come mm-hmm. out or appear or whatever. <laughs> and, of course, I mean, if, you're, if you are stuck, imagine yourself stuck in a dimension, dressed in a Civil yep. War outfit, or, or your clothes like you're wearing now, and everybody you see yep. out on the other side is dressed in some weird-looking, you know, clothing, <laughs> short sleeves and short pants and stuff like that. You'd never be caught dead in yeah. that. All of a sudden, yeah. you see <laughs> a bunch of people dressed like you're you dressed all of a sudden. Yes. Cooking, cooking bacon, cooking uh, mm, hardtack, and boiling coffee, you know. <laughs> Certainly you'd be, be comfortable walking right into that scene, which they do, yes. apparently, because I they get do. a lot of they stories do. from from reenactors. So that's a that's a very legitimate point that you make about when a reenactor started. Uh we got more, yeah. we've gotten more uh, stories. Yeah. And of course the other thing you've got is again all the ingredients as I say. So you've got a guy that that was blown to be vaporized, you know, yeah. by a shell or, or yeah. whatever happened. And wham, you know, and because I, I I sort of say like, you know, I'm sitting here now and a tent and weight smacks on top of me. Then you know, I don't even have time to blink. Ne- right. ne- never mind, prepare myself. So in other words, I don't know I'm dead. It's a bit Correct. like uh, Sam on the film Ghost, you know what I mean? He's wandering up to people saying, why can't you see me? And so this right. poor guy, you know, this young lad, all of his life in front of him, 17 years of age, whatever, drummer boy, or vaporized in a second, doesn't know he's dead. He spent the last hundred and, oh, Jesus, how long, you know, uh, since 1862, 63, 64, whatever, wandering the battlefield, still looking, wondering where his mates have gone, where his, where his regiment's gone. Uh, and all of a sudden, he sees a guy, a group of guys in, in, in grey uniforms walking towards him. Oh, my God, they're back. Gee, man, they're, where have you been? Uh, they're really well, actors. Well, you guys, you guys did that when you came to Gettysburg. You went out and got uniforms, and I think that was, that was good to do that because, yes, yes. you know, you're going to, uh, if you're going to encounter, I mean, you may not see them right away, but maybe they see you immediately, and uh, you were making them feel more comfortable uh, in, in the garb of the, uh, of yeah. the 19th century. So I thought that was, that was right. a, good way to, a good way to go. You're right. And again, you be, we became trigger objects in, the, in just the same way. If, you, if there's a ghost of a little child or whatever in, in a room, order, then, you know, then ghost hunters, they, you, they put a teddy bear in the room or a, a toy right. car. Or, and and it's, the, it's the possibility of, as you said, enticing, uh, triggering off something where the, where the ghost returns. And, and Rod and I both know, of course, that it did happen to me, at, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, on, on Little Round Top. That's right, yeah. Which was, to me, oh, come on, that was one of the biggest, best events of my life, you know, to um, the possibility of, you know, one of the guys of the 20th Maine actually enacted with me. Yeah. I just think well, it's I know, unbelievable. I know you've been looking forward to coming to Gettysburg for a long time and uh, oh, before you yeah. got there, and that was uh, uh, certainly just like I'm I'm seriously interested in when, when we get a chance uh, heading over to uh, England and, and seeing some of the uh, World War II uh, uh, aerodromes 
over there. Where, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be those cool. are very, very well. They, they are fascinating. Haunted as hell. Uh, same, same thing applies. Same thing applies. You've got. I mean, we've got a, a fascinating story of a of a, a, a B seventeen uh, that uh, was circling round um, an airfield, an English airfield. He, he was uh, badly damaged. He'd come back from uh, a raid, daylight raid, of course, and he was um, he, he was asking permission to land. And they wouldn't allow him to because they, they'd got they'd got Lancaster bombers, I think, on on the runway at the time, uh, and they they were you know they, they kept telling him to go round, and he went round about three times. He was getting more and more angry, and and all of a sudden that that was it. He, the, the 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 plane just ploughed into the um, mm. um, at the end of one of the runways. Uh, they were all killed. All all that was ten of them, isn't it, in a B seventeen? Mm. Yeah. They? Yeah. Uh, all killed. Uh, the the pilot is still seen to this day walking back from the crash site. I've even actually got footage of the what? plane burning. Oh wow! Uh, and I've I've spoken to to witnesses who were there as children watching that plane, watching the crew dying or uh, burning to death inside so, that B seventeen. So and what the, if you what if you played that footage at the airfield? Well, we actually, it was actually on Most Haunted. It was one of the Most Haunted that we did, and I, I managed it to, was? I got the oh, footage. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 it was indeed. It was a place called East Kirkby Airfield. Scary, scary place. And basically, the, the pilot is still seen wandering back from the crash site, and I use this so often in my talks, always walking, guess where, across the apron of the field, always heading, guess where, towards control the tower. control tower. Yeah. Why? He was angry. If they'd only let him come in, he'd have have got the plane down, possibly in one piece. Hmm. And and he's angry. He's he's, he's still heading back to the control tower. In other words, to have it out with the guys that wouldn't let him in. Sure. That emotion, you know, that emotional energy is still there. We actually have a a question from the chat room for you, uh, Richard. Uh, All right. And it says, ask Richard about the bomber in the sea... ESC rescue that happened recently. Do you know anything about that? Ooh. Oh, I wish I did. Now this does. But um, the only, no, no. There's only one thing I know about recently, but I think I've mentioned it on the show. Uh, was was a, a, a small plane flying over the east coast, southeast coast, I think it was, and he picked up a, um, a message uh, in Morse code. On, on in his plane, mm-hmm. and it was deciphered as, as it was a plane that was, oh, I'm trying to think what it was, um, a very, very early plane in the 1940s that crashed more or less on the site where this guy was passing over, and he pe- picked up the SOS message, uh, not SOS, um, the, um, what's the word, come on, guys, uh, Mayday. Uh, the, before it crashed into before it crashed into the sea, but I don't know whether that's the one that the the, the person is talking about. But if not, I'd like to know what what it was, and I'd like to research more into it. Oh, there you go. Because I'm very much into the into these aircraft uh, bombers and things. So I presume you are, Mark. Are you? Oh yeah, that um, I've always been interested in that. My father flew in World War Two, and uh, oh, really? I got a chance. Uh, uh, Carol bought me a birthday present of a flight in a B-17. There was one... Oh, you these, lucky man! Yeah, one of these uh, restored uh, B-17 bombers flying out of York, Pennsylvania, which is just a few miles from Gettysburg. So mm-hmm. I got a chance to fly about a half an hour in one of them with a, uh, a World War II co-pilot. He had purchased... Ooh. 
someone had purchased for him uh, what they call stick time. In oh. other words, he got to sit behind the the the, the controls once again for the first time in oh, six boy. years. Yeah. Wow. So um, it was fascinating, and uh, it was also once I got off the airplane, Carol said to me, "Well, you know, you you know, you live on hallowed ground there at Gettysburg." She said, "But remember, yeah. you were just." You were just flying in hallowed ground. Young men got on an airplane, never knowing whether they were going to ever get off again. Right. And um, yeah. you know, it was uh, and then that's how it was. These things would start to go down and start to spin, and these poor guys would be pinned up against a, a bulkhead. Yeah. I mean, they'd be completely alive and 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 trying to reach. They can't. You know, all of a sudden, when you're in that centrifugal force, your arm weighs 200 pounds. You can't lift it up. To, to get yourself out of the airplane, these poor guys would just auger in to the to the earth, still alive. You know, it was just just I horrifying. Know. You know, I know. To think I'm, about I'm, that. It is, you, it is, and again, totally vaporized. You know, just wham. Sure. You know, gone. what's interesting is about uh, a year and a half ago, uh, Thermal Dan, he's in the uh, Civil Air Patrol, and he was able to let us uh, investigate a B-17. So we went oh, on board, wow. we did the hack check, we did some everything. But but this is pretty cool, though. While we were on there, uh, we had some neat results about some other stuff. But uh, we also did the pendulum, too. And we, we kept asking, was this, you know, the, the, there was a ghost on board or, or a spirit associated Oof. with it. So we were trying to figure out what happened. You know, was it over Nuremberg? Was it over here? You know, we, so we kept asking, you know, was it over the Pacific and, and uh, all this stuff. And it kept saying no, no, no. And then we went through the, the whole, night, you know, series of questions. And what we found out and we were able to verify is the plane was actually made of uh, uh, parts from different planes. Mm. And, right. And the spirit, and we can't tell if it's the exact spirit, of course, it was associated with that, or the exact part, but some of the parts came from this particular uh, factory where a couple of the workers were killed by the uh, propeller at the factory. And that was one of the, the interesting things is, is when we were doing the panel, it actually drew us outside. We ended up by one of the engines, and that's where the spirit was hanging out. And this was his story that he was telling. And so here we have this, you know, B-17 from the war and everything else, and you expected all these, you know, ghosts associated with this and that. But yet it was someone who was actually killed while making the plane. You know, that's interesting. Wow. I, just, I just read a story like that um, uh, about Savannah, as a matter of fact, just earlier today, about a, a pilot and his co-pilot who had been who were in a transport plane, and there had been a, there had been a wreck, a, a, a plane wreck, and they had landed, and, and they were actually flying the parts back to Savannah. Mm-hmm. And as they're flying these parts back, obviously men were, had been killed in that wreck. They were flying the right. parts of the wreck back. And as they're coming in, to the Savannah Airport, they make the call to the tower that they're coming into the tower, and right after that, they hear a plane that sounds like it's right behind them, and his call sign was Thunderbird, and he talks about Thunderbird coming in and, you know, such and such a uh, number 15 um, runway, and they were wondering who's behind us, you know, but the, the tower never heard it. So they heard it, and so they landed, and they looked behind them to look for the airplane that was coming, and nothing was behind them. And they talked to the guys at the tower, and they're like, no, we didn't hear anything. 
Um, so you had a very interesting yeah, uh, yeah, conversation between so many, the ghost plane and so them. many stories like that. There are that people picking up, you know, signals because they're all out there, aren't they? Still, these signals are still sort of, I think, traveling around the Earth's atmosphere or something like that. And, you know, we, we I don't know whether they're actually ghost messages or whether they're just old You're just messages bouncing around out there. But you know what's interesting? Well, one quick story with with that is also that in in my new book, uh, Ghost of Day, there's a story of, I believe it's, I can't remember the flight number offhand, but it was 401, and that actually happened during my lifetime. It crashed into the Everglades Everglades in in Florida. And then uh, uh, the, the pilot was killed, and I believe the navigator. And these guys kept showing up on other flights to that same. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when they investigated, yeah. they found out that what they had done is they had actually salvaged some of the parts of that plane that it went down. And so they believed that those two men were actually warning the other uh, people on the other flights that, you know, the, that that's, uh, you know, we're not, not sure if this is safe or not because they came from a, the plane that had been crashed. I flew down to Florida the day before that happened. Did you really? Yeah, and it was wow. in the 70s, and I was, yeah, we, we had, yeah, I think it was the it was the day after we were there, the next morning, they say, they said that the, that night, the night that we had flown down, a plane crashed into the Everglades, and I'm like, oh, no, that's scary. Gee whiz. But, uh, yeah, John Fuller wrote a, a book close. on that. Yeah. Did he? I mean, it, it was a a movie, actually a movie on it, too. And I mean, it's quite a... Yeah, it's a quite the, the Ghost of Flight 401, I think, wasn't it? Something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting as hell. Which and is I, fascinating. I, Ghosts it, can, can be anywhere. I mean, you know, it just yeah. obviously it just doesn't have to be a battlefield or a house. People want to see a haunted house. No, no. Not necessarily, you know, it doesn't have to be a house. It can be anything or anywhere. So, anyways, like, can, I, 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 you know, we're only supposed to have been on for a while, and, and as usual, we, we always have these great conversations. <laughs> great <laughs> conversations. Yeah, Take him over. Take him over. But I, I, once again, why don't you tell us uh, where people could uh, sign up for some of these events that's happening down in uh, Savannah and, and so forth? Well, they can always get information from our website, which is ghostsofgettysburg.com. That's always, you know, the place to go for some of these things. And uh, But the one weekend is June 3rd through the 5th. That's the Savannah and Guest Investigation Weekend. And um, they can either go to uh, our website, but to register uh, or for more information, they can always go to southernghosts.com slash savannah. Southernghosts.com, just like, you know, in the south. Right. And they'll get uh, be able to register there and get more information on that. But it's going to be a great weekend. I can't wait to get down there and do that. And it's... Uh, it's uh, it's exciting because it's 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 to me it's virgin territory. I've only done a preliminary investigation mm. down there, and uh, so I'm looking forward to spending some time in those two places. The uh, roundhouse. That's the cool thing about it, Mark. I mean, first of all, I know that you're an awesome investigator. I've had the pleasure to uh, work with you several times. Oh, thanks, and, Ron. And, and no, seriously, I have never seen anybody get EVPs like you do. It's like. They all want to chat to you. It's like you know, hey, Mark, yeah. you know, let's talk. You know, I mean, you know that that's amazing. I mean, why do you think that is, Mark? I mean, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to play like, It seems like everybody has their specialty. 
in in this field, you know. And I, for example, I, I can't get an EMF meter to work at all for me, and, and pendulum and, and dowsing rods don't work, you know. And yet for Carol, they work great. I mean, you know, and so everybody seems to have their specialty. Why, I, you know, it's another one of those mysteries. Uh, the EVP that I get, I think, is uh, it, I don't know. I uh, yeah, I know with the soldiers, I try and address them in the way I. I think they may have been addressed in life, you know, as, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you may have been a, for example, in the Civil War, you may have been a colonel for, you know, two years in the, in the war, but you were a colonel for the rest of your life. They called right. you colonel, yeah, right. you know what I mean, until you died. So, you know, I always address them as that or Mr. or Mrs. because, you know, the, they talked to each other in a different way in the Victorian era. It was a little more formal. Yeah. That may be part of it. I don't know. Um, I definitely have an empathy. Respect is the word, Mark. Yeah, respect. yeah, I do have a respect and an empathy for the soldiers and for what they did. I yeah. mean, of all generations, you know, it's not just the Civil War. Yeah. So I don't know, that may be it, but we'll see what happens down in Savannah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Right. So, so once again, go to uh, Mark uh, Nesbitt's website, uh, Ghost of Gettysburg, right? That's it, dot com. Ghost of Gettysburg dot com or southernghosts.com. And that'll also have the information on how to sign up and everything. And we kind of didn't mention too much about Lainey, but Lainey is uh, is also I have, I have the pleasure to work with her as well, and she is an awesome medium. Uh, uh, you, in fact, uh, she's been on uh, the Travel Channel before and and some right. of those other TV shows too, right? She was on Mysterious Journeys with us uh, yeah. when we investigated, I guess, six places and. Uh, Boy, she came up with some absolutely unbelievable stuff that was verified by uh, historical documentation. I mean, I mean, stuff that was on monuments. That's that's how verifiable it was. Uh, stuff that mm. you know, names and things that she came up with. So, no, sounds good. Perhaps yeah. you come back and tell us what happens. Yeah, that's a great idea, Richard. Oh, would okay, you, yeah. Would you yeah. do that? Yeah, that would be sure. great. I'd love to know more. Yeah, right. in this summer, after, I wish I could uh, be there. Yeah, it'd be great if you could, Richard. It'd be, uh, oh, yeah, be a I'll good, d- uh, good experience. I would love to. I've got to actually. I've got to work something out to get you up here in in New England. Uh, you know, we've got some cool stuff up here. You know, we got Concord, we got Lexington. I got I got lighthouses. Oh yeah, it'd be, be lighthouses. <laughs> so that'd be great. Up. I'm definitely going to work on something. I just got to figure it out. So, anyways, Mark, we want to thank you so much for being on. And once again, ghostofgettysburg.com is the website. Mark Nesbitt's the man. You, and this this weekend, uh, no, it's June third, third through the fifth. Yeah, through the in 5th. Savannah, Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Two great investigations. So, all right, thanks, Mark. All right, thank you, Ron. Talk to you soon, mate. Nice talking to you. Cheers. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that's cool. It's always great talking to him. He's always, he's always so entertaining, isn't he? He's great. Oh, he knows the stuff. Story. I mean, that's what you love. You he know? does and, indeed. And he's, he's not pretentious. He, you know, he just tells it the way it is, which is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. We share a lot of sort of theories. We really do. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Ghosts and the way that... Well, yeah, it's great. One day I shall come back and I shall do some filming with him on, on Gettysburg. Hopefully. There you go. There you go. So anyways, I, I did want to touch a little bit about what happened in uh, Scotland. Uh, you were there for how long, uh, Richard? And, yeah, and six, who, six, who days. six days. Six yep. days. I was with a group called uh, Tour, Tour, Tours and Events, a guy Tours. called Charles Rosenay. Um, they, they, he works out of a place in Connecticut, um, bringing tours over. He does, uh, he does drag tours to Transylvania. 
um, twice a year. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and these ghost tours. Anyway, they've booked me now to do um, a ghost tour of Ireland in 2013. Excellent. Oh, I'm it's really it's looking it's forward to that. If we're still around, I know. I, I, I don't well, know about you never know. I'm, I'm hoping still to be around, Ron, but you never know, do you? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you heard about that, but around here, where the world is going to end on Saturday? What, this this coming Saturday? Yeah. Oh, I'd not heard that. I've, I've heard lots of world end-of-the-world stories over the years, but no, I didn't know about that. Oh, you didn't know about oh, that? Oh, well, that's it then. Yeah, no, I don't know anything about it. 521, there are big, big billboards that are all pasted up all over the place and uh, letting us know that the world is going to end on 521. Well, there's the thing. No, I knew nothing at all. Um, well, I just give well, you a heads up. It's been nice know. knowing you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, been so nice it's... knowing you. It's been nice doing the show with you, Ron. <laughs> so if if, I, if we're not on the air next week, that's because the world's not here, right? No, uh, probably. But you listen, you say, oh, because well, I know nothing about it, but listen, you, you must make sure that you have your cameras running. <laughs> yes, there you go. So we get we get documented for nobody who will be left. Good idea for nobody that will be around. Absolutely right. Oh, you know what I so, who answer the phone? I mean, answer the door. <laughs> it wasn't me. Anyways, I also just learned from the chat room that our producer Viking is getting married on Saturday, so that's probably. I know. I know. He told me just. Yeah. So that's, prob- that's probably what it is. And he's talking of the possibility of actually coming over here for a honeymoon. So I said, right, that's it. You come and see us and we'll get yeah, him. He's not going over there. He doesn't, he doesn't have his, he doesn't have his uh, passport. It'll take him a freaking month. Well, he can get one by the summer. Well, by the summer he could, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, he's not coming. So yeah. it's, it's the rapture, is, I guess that's what's coming. It's the anniversary, oh, right. of, anniversary of the Great Flood. <laughs> really? I don't know how well, we live that. We, 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 I hope, I hope that we'll be able to talk to you next week. But if not, then we'll be there in spirit, won't we, Ron? Oh, absolutely. We'll be doing the uh, the. Uh, uh, I was going to say we're gonna, we'd be doing it in heaven, but according to uh, uh, Hawkins, there is no heaven. So I don't know where the hell we'll be. Oh, maybe we'll be in hell. <laughs> we may be in hell. Yeah. Well, why be up there? Why be in heaven and be lonely? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but anyway, have you got any events coming up you want to mention before we... Uh, I've got any events coming up. I've, I don't think... I've got a horrible... Fo- no, I've got obviously this, uh, you know, this psychic and science event coming up. But that's not till September, October, November. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I am doing a new place next Saturday um, oh. called Cannons Hall, but I don't know anything about it. I've never been to it. Oh, it's excellent. a virgin territory. Nobody, nobody's investigated it before. Um but there's some connection with with something that fascinates me. That's a guy that was in the charge of the Light Brigade oh. at Balaclava. And I, I have yet to find out more about it. It's a week on Saturday, uh, and I'm really quite looking forward to it, to say that least, because I've never been. It's called Cannons Hall. So whether there's some cannons there... Oh, uh, from the, the or, cannons of the Light Brigade, or...? Well, you never know. Because that's what they they charge twelve cannons. Uh, who knows? I'm, I'm I'm quite excited about it, but uh, I don't know any more about it yet. But it's um, uh, with a with a company called um, Ghost Night Events. Um, okay. So if anybody's interested, look up Ghost Night Events on Google, 
and come and have a look because I, I don't know whether they've got places left or not but it's going quite well but I'm excited about it so but other than that no oh, I'm, I'm doing a whole fortnight of ghost walks over the next fortnight because my son Ed uh, is, is moving moving house um, with his fiance oh and, boy congratulations um, so guess, guess who's Guess who's got to do all the ghost walks? All right. Time to wrap it up, Richard. Good night, right, guys. guys. Nice Everyone. talking to you. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Happy hauntings. From goalies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, things that go bump.